Welcome. Welcome to our series that we've uh, started last week. We talked about the series, Loving God with All That We Are. And in today in particular, we're going to look at uh, loving God with our mind. Okay, so but before we do that, I wanted to give, again, the background for this whole series of what it's based on. And it's based out of uh, Mark 12. So in Mark 12, in verse 28, uh, one of the religious leaders are coming up to Jesus and asking them a question and asking him, what is the foremost or what is the greatest commandment? Jesus responds in verse 29 and 30, saying, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and all of your strength. And when we looked at this verse, especially in verse 30, we talked about how comprehensive it is that God, Jesus is saying we need to love God with basically everything that we are, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our body, and all our strength. So we took this notion about loving God with all of we are, and then we looked at this diagram. And I think this diagram was kind of helpful for us to kind of concept, con, compaps, I can't even say the word, encapsulate that verse, okay? Mark 12, verse 30, try to encapsulate that verse. What does it mean to love God with all of ourself? Okay, what does that mean? So when we look at this um, diagram, it describes the different parts of us, that we are three parts. We are triune, like God is triune, that we are made in God's image. So similarly to the Lord, that we also are triune beings, that we have a spirit and we have a soul and we have a body. We looked at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 last week that talked about those specifically, about the spirit, soul, and body, and that God is sanctifying those. So when we look at this diagram, it gives us a good practical picture of what it looks like to love God with all that we are. So when we looked at the three parts, the spirit and the soul and the body, remember we talked about living inside out, not from the outside in, because a lot of times we live from the outside in. We let things happening on the outside determine what's happening on the inside. But God is saying we need to reverse that trend. We need to live from the inside out and let our spirits direct. So what I'm going to share is that I think that when we looked at this spirit, soul, and body, the spirit needs to be in the lead if we want to love God. If we want to love God with all that we are, which is our spirit, our soul, which is mind, will, and emotions, and our body, the spirit has to be in the lead. Okay, so we talked about if we go the other direction, that that's contrary to God's design. We don't want to go in, outside in. We don't want to let our body determine what our soul is thinking or feeling or choosing, and that's what determine what our choices are going to be. We don't want that to happen. We don't want to let our appetites, our, our fleshly things, our desires determine those. So when we look at this, I wanted to point out a couple things. Okay, so the spirit is what's driving, then our soul, then our body. But it, you could easily get the impression that the soul and the body are bad. They're not bad. Okay, the soul is not bad. Our mind, our will, and our emotions are not bad. Our body is not bad. The, the things that our body needs and craves and those appetites are not bad. They're only bad when they're not led by the Spirit. When they're led by the Spirit, then we can enjoy those things and we can love God with all of those things. Okay, so we're going to spend the next several weeks um, kind of going over the different parts. So we're going to start with the soul because I think that's the part that we usually engage with, which is our thinking and our emotions and our will. We'll start with that. And today we're going to look at our mind. 
Okay, so we're going to start, what does it look like to love God with all of our mind? Okay, so first, we want to get a picture of what is the, what does our mind look like? Okay, so I'm going to look at this passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 to 16. Okay, Paul is saying, but a natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Okay, in verse 14, you need to pay attention that the natural man, our natural ability, our natural thinking can't understand the things of the Spirit. We can't understand them because they are spiritually discerned. But then in verse 15, it says, but the one who... But the one who is spiritual discerns all things, yet he himself is discerned by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we, we, he will instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. That last statement is actually really kind of amazing. And if you kind of think about that, it's kind of hard to grasp. What does it mean that we have the mind of Christ? Okay, what it doesn't mean is that we have infinite knowledge. Okay, we're not God. Okay, we are made in the image of God, but we're not God. We don't have infinite knowledge. But what it does mean is that when the Spirit is leading, we can have the thoughts that God has. Okay, we can have those thoughts as well. And that's what it means to operate with the mind of Christ. Now, it's really important when you look at this passage because he makes a uh, contrast between the natural and the spiritual. He's saying when you're operating from the natural, you can't understand God's thoughts. But when you're operating from the spirit, because you have the mind of Christ, you can. Okay, and the reason I point that out is because I think especially in the Western culture and the Asian culture, it's very important about education and training and learning, learning and developing your natural mind. Okay, that's highly valued. That's very important. And I'm not saying that those things are not important. You know, one of my primary gifts is as a teacher, right? I taught, you know, in the church. Before that, I taught in community college. I'm a teacher. I value teaching, you know, and I think that that is important. But we can't lean on our own understanding. We can't trust in our own education and our own training. We can't operate from the things from the natural mind to be able to love God and to operate from the mind of Christ. We can't do that. The mind of Christ works by the Spirit. That's the only way that we can operate from the mind of Christ is through the Spirit, not through natural means, not through our own effort and our own trying, our own how many books we read, how, much, how many sermons we watch, and how much of the Bible even we read if it's not coming from the Spirit, then you cannot discern those things that are coming from the Lord. Okay, I wanted to make that clear because when we say that we have the mind of Christ, we have to know how the mind of Christ works to be able to operate from the mind of Christ and to be able to love God with our mind. We have to understand that the Spirit is in the lead. Okay, so let me give you a practical picture of what that looks like. Let's look at this passage in Matthew 16. Okay, so Matthew 16, this is a conversation with Jesus and his disciples. It says, now when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. Then he said to them, but who do you yourselves say that I am? Then Peter, as a representative for all the disciples, said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, and then Jesus said to him something very interesting. He says to them, 
Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now, this is a very interesting exchange. Okay, this is just like they're hanging out, they're talking, they're having this conversation. Jesus is asking the disciples a question. Who do people say that I am? You know, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah. But then he has a more pointed question. Well, who do you say that I am? And then Peter hears that as the representative of the disciples. He responds and he says, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. But it's very instructive, very interesting to see Jesus' response to what Peter says. He said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. Now, why is that interesting? Why is that significant? It's significant because put yourself in the, in the shoes of Peter, right? Jesus is talking to you. He asks you a question. You think about the question, right? Peter thought about the question, and then he answered. But the thing that he thought, the words that he expressed, Jesus was saying what? That doesn't come from you. That's coming from God. Now, do you think Peter thought that? Do you think Peter thought, oh, these thoughts that I'm having, these words that I'm saying, this is from God? I want to say no, because that's why Jesus has to say this. He has to point out to Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. That was not your own thought. That thought came from my Father in heaven. He's showing what the mind of Christ looks like. And we need to be able to understand this because if we don't, we'll never be able to engage it and to develop it and to step into it. I think when we look at this passage, I think what comes up a lot, and I hear, I've heard this many, many times over the over the years of being a pastor is, how do I know what God's thoughts are versus my thoughts, right? Have you ever thought about that? Like you have different thoughts and you're wondering, is this from God? Or is this because I, you know, I have indigestion or I'm having these different thoughts or like, where is this coming from? Like, are these my thoughts or this is from the Lord? And we genuinely want to know, we're sincere, right? Because we want to know if this is the Lord's thoughts, then I want to follow that. I want to step into that. I want to make those kind of choices. But we have this kind of dilemma. Is it my thoughts or is it the Lord's thoughts? And I think along the way, maybe not intentionally, but we've built this false dichotomy, right? There's my thoughts and then there's God's thoughts and they're completely separate, right? It's either my thoughts or God's thoughts. But I want to say that's not true. That's not that, that's a false dichotomy that they're completely two separate things. They overlap. Not all of my thoughts are God's thoughts, okay? That's, that's clear, right? Not all of my thoughts, but many of my thoughts are God's thoughts, just like in this example with Peter. When Jesus was asking him a question, was it his own thoughts that he answered? Yes. Was it God's thoughts? Yes. It was both. It was Peter's own thinking, yet it was the Lord's thoughts because he was being led by the Spirit at this time when Jesus asked him his question. You have to be able to understand this because I think a lot of times we're going through life and God is directing our thinking and the Spirit is helping us to operate from the mind of Christ, but we have no idea that that's happening and we think it's our own thoughts, which is Sad because then we can't engage the Lord about this. We can't have confidence in that. We can't step out in faith in those areas. We can't demonstrate operating from the mind of Christ and to be able to love God with our mind. We have to understand when we're operating from the mind of Christ. And I think when we look at that, 
to realize that there's overlap between our thoughts and the Lord's thoughts, it's very helpful, right? It's very helpful. Like I said, not all of our thoughts are the Lord's thoughts, but many times it is. And it's very easy to, to, to not be able to recognize. Let me give you an example. So this was a few years ago when the Lord started speaking to me all of this. And um, I was having my quiet time. I was spending time in the morning like I always do, just reading the Bible. And then, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but I started having these random thoughts. Okay? I'm sure that never happens to you, right? But I started having these random thoughts while I'm reading the Bible. So I'm reading and I'm thinking about this person or thinking about that thing. And, and then what happens when you have those thoughts? Okay, if you're like me, I would say, come on, Sam, focus. Focus your attention on the Lord and the Bible. Focus, right? Stop getting distracted by so many different things, right? That was my natural reaction of how I've always responded when that happens. I feel like I'm not, not centered or I'm not focused, right? But that day, something happened. That day, the Lord started pointing out what I was thinking, and he was pointing out this passage like we see with Peter. He's saying, I'm speaking to you right now. This person that you're thinking about right now needs me. I want you to pray for him. So I stopped reading the Bible. I stopped my quiet time. I stopped and I prayed for him. And then I just sent out a quick text saying, just thinking about you. I don't know if there's anything going on, but I'm praying for you. Right away, I get a text back from my friend. How did you know I needed prayer right now? I was going through something really, really difficult. I can't believe that you're praying for me right now. This is exactly what I needed. Did I know that? Did I know that with my natural mind that my friend needed prayer? He was going through something? I did not. Did it come into my own thoughts? Yes, it did. Was I operating from the mind of Christ? I believe I was. I believe the Spirit was directing my thinking. This is one of the primary ways that the Spirit kind of operates within us. If you look at the role of the Holy Spirit inside of us, when you look at passages like John 15 and John 16, you say, what is the role of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is like a counselor who leads us and guides us. It says the Holy Spirit brings, help us to remember and to bring all things to remembers that Jesus has said. Where does remembering happen? In our brain, in our thinking. That's the Holy Spirit's role, is to direct as a counselor, to guide and to direct our thinking. So when we have different thoughts, we have to engage and to see if the Holy Spirit is leading our thinking. When we do that, we will recognize things more often. So now when I have quiet time and I'm reading the Word and God gives me different thoughts, I stop and I pause and like, is that from you? Do you want me to do something about that? Do you want me to pray for this person? Do you want me to do something with that? And before, I thought it was a distraction. But then really, when we're reading the Word of God, isn't that the whole purpose of reading the Word is for the Lord to speak to us? And it's so funny because I didn't recognize it before, but the whole purpose of why I wanted to spend the time with the Lord is for Him to speak to me. And when He was speaking to me, I would say, be quiet. I'm being distracted. I need to get back to my reading. When the Lord is saying, that's the whole purpose of the reading is so the Holy Spirit can illuminate and to reveal and to start speaking to you about different things in your life. That was happening, but I couldn't recognize it because I didn't understand how the mind of Christ works. 
how the Spirit works in our life, how the Spirit leads our thinking, leads us and speaks to us and directs us. You have to be able to recognize it. And I think it happens, like I said, way too often, and we don't see it. We don't recognize it. We have doubts about it. Now, like I said, not all of our thoughts are God's thoughts, right? The Bible says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My thoughts are way above. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts above your thoughts. So it's clear. There's a distinction, okay? But the Second Corinthians passage we looked at is really helpful to me, saying we would be lost in trying to do that if we didn't have the mind of Christ, if we didn't have the Holy Spirit. And I think we need to have more trust in that. We need to have more trust that the Holy Spirit is speaking, the Holy Spirit is guiding our thinking, that God is speaking to us often and always. You know, when they brassed out, you know, radio waves and um, they go and they're all in the air, right? All these different waves are going in the air, right? Like Wi-Fi, cell, and radio, and all this stuff that's all in the air. It's kind of scary, like, we're like in the middle of all that all the time. You know, those things are transmitting all the time, right? But you don't know it until you turn on something that can receive it, right? You have a radio or something that receives it. You have your cell phone that kind of receives it. But those are happening all the time. Whether you have your receiver on or not, it's constantly going. And I think that's a good analogy of how the Lord is communicating. The Lord is communicating to us all the time. He's speaking to us all the time. And I think we need to turn on our receiver. We need to turn on our antenna and say, like, Lord, I know you're speaking, and I know I can hear from you. And I think that that's one of the biggest things that I've seen is that people don't have confidence that they can hear from the Lord. They don't have confidence that they can hear from God. And that's why this, this particular topic that we're talking about is very helpful. It's, it was very helpful for me in developing hearing from the Lord because it's through our thinking, right? We have thoughts all day. You know, we hear from God all day. We can have that in our own thinking, but we have to recognize that God directs our thinking. So when we look at this idea of loving God with all of our mind, this is a good picture. This is a good practical picture for us that we can be conscious and expectant and waiting on him. And I think that this will help us to get away from our previous picture of like what I described is like a, a brick house has to fall on me for me to believe I heard from the Lord, right? It's got to be so out there, so impossible, so miraculous, so no doubt about it, then that's the only time I'll say, okay, the Lord spoke to me. Really? That's the only time the Lord's going to speak to you? How often does that happen? It's very few and far between. We need to change our thinking and we need to change our expectation and change our faith and change our lens and change how we're thinking about our thinking. We need to see that the Lord is speaking and guiding our thinking very often, okay? But you do need to be discerning, okay? That's why we have the word. That's why we check to see, like, is it contrary to scripture? Is it consistent with the way that the Lord is character is and what we understand about God. That's why it's important to be in the word so we can have a good understanding, a good foundation, so we can have something to judge against. But having said that, don't let all of that fear prevent you from saying, thank you for speaking to me. I'm going to try to step into that. 
Okay? And I think one of the big hesitancies for that is that we think we're going to make a mistake. Is we think we're going to make a mistake. And so I don't want to address all of those kind of things today, but I will say this. Is when you're starting to do this, the Lord is gracious. He will start you with small things. That it's no big deal if you make a mistake. Okay, so I remember when I was first trying to develop a hearing from the Lord, and then I was sitting in service one day, and the Lord told me, go pray for this person. And I was like, is that the Lord, or is that me? Is that because I know something about this person, about something that's happening? And then you have this inner debate in your head, right? Like, oh, it's just because I know that they have this and this going on, or da 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 And so I was questioning myself, right? And a lot of times, you just talk yourself out of it, like, oh, no. Oh, they're worshiping right now. I don't want to bother them. Da, da, da. And you have all these different thoughts that go in your mind, right? And so I remember that time, and the Lord said, take a step of faith. Don't worry about the result. And that was really huge when he said, don't worry about the result. Leave that up to me. And again, we want to test it, right? Is this consistent with Scripture? Would Scripture say to pray for somebody? Yes. Is that consistent with God's heart for God to cover over and to pray for them? Yes, check, check. I mean, it doesn't take very long to do that. Check, check. Go do it. Respond to it, especially when it's something big. Like, you think when I go and do that, they're going to think, how dare you come up and say you want a prayer for me, right? Really, is that going to happen, right? When God is leading you, and especially when you're first starting to develop, he'll start you with small things, that it's no big deal if you make a mistake. He's gracious that way. He'll continue to develop, and then it'll start getting bigger and bigger, and the stakes will getting bigger, but he'll start with the little. Be faithful in the little, then you'll be faithful in the much. When the Lord starts directing your thinking, respond. You have to respond to what he's saying. That's why it's important that we recognize it's from God, because when it's from God, then we have more confidence we can step out and obey. When it's from ourselves, okay, you have reason to be hesitant. Like, okay, I'm not sure if this is the right thing. You need to step out in confidence. You need to develop the mind of Christ that's led by the Spirit where he speaks to you things like you don't know and you don't understand, just like he did about my friend who I had no idea was going through what he was going through. But God did. But God did. So my encouragement as we close, don't depend on the natural mind, just on what you can think, what you can understand what you see. Go by the mind of Christ that's led by the Spirit that the Lord is speaking, and he wants to lead and to direct you. Let's pray. So, Father, we pray for your Spirit to come. We want to ask you for your grace to turn on our receptors, to turn on our ability to hear what you're saying and that you're speaking at all times. Increase our faith and increase our trust and increase our confidence that you're a loving God who loves his children and would, of course, speak to his children all the time. Give us the faith and discernment to be able to hear and then to respond. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.